재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 And we're continuing our discussion on Korea's business climate. Uh, this recent survey released by the World Bank ranking Korea as the fourth best place to do business among 189 countries. There's been a little bit of backlash here in Korea where some people say it's not uh, an accurate picture of what the actual business environment here is. Give us your thoughts. Text us a pound, 1013 for 51, or send us a Kakao Talk message for our correspondence roundtable this week. We have joining us from Xinhua News Agency correspondent Yu Seung-gi and the Seoul Bureau Chief for NPR, Elise Hu. Thank you both for joining us once again. Elise, so you mentioned the metrics and you say that um, there are certain things that are important for these uh, various entities that do these surveys for the World Bank. It looks like infrastructure, those kind of things were very important. Um, they say Korea is very good in those things that they find important. Uh, Forbes, uh, for their part, ranked Korea as the uh, 32nd best place to do business. So there are discrepancies, but you say, as you say, everyone has different method- methodologies. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming then what Forbes focuses on as far as what they consider to be an ideal business environment um, would be different from just simply keeping the lights on. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the sort of 10 factors or 15 factors that Forbes used in its rankings. But um, what we do know is that um, over the last few years, a lot of non-Korean companies, um, international companies have expressed concerns over sort of the business conditions like uh, an inflexible labor market here and um, policy uncertainty. Uncertainty, So, you know, things are one way and then it'll change. Um, and so the lack of consistency has been a problem. So while, you know, a fourth place ranking sounds good, that's that's one measurement. Yeah. Uh, but it really depends on the, the businesses and how, how they're feeling about um, doing business here because uh, it, that would make a difference in who else is going to come and bring their business uh, to South Korea in the future. Right, and that's an interesting point because uh, for Sungi, so they say, okay, Korea is the fourth best place to do business. Then some will question, why aren't there like a million foreign or multinational corporations that are calling Korea home if we are the fourth best place to do business according to the the World Bank? Um, how how many foreign companies are actually here in Korea? Uh, I didn't get an exact number of foreign companies doing business here, but uh, uh, probably hundreds of ones like uh, the Starbucks, General Motors, and Microsoft famous ones. And I'm not sure, but what I can surely say is that the Korean market is too small for multinational to, to focus on. It has a population of 50 million, and, and its growth potential hovers around the upper end of 2%. Uh, in case of China, almost all of foreign multinationals have entered or are trying to enter its market because it has the world's largest consumer market, and China has a huge growth potential and is one of the world's fastest growing economies. That's why foreign players want to invest in China, although it ranked 84th in the World Bank ranking. That is actually a very important point, I think, because you both mentioned it's by most metrics much easier to do business in Korea than it is to do in China, but because of the market size and the fact that you have to be there if you want to be a global player, um, people will just say, look, it's difficult, but we have to be in there. Whereas in Korea, and I, I liken it to as journalists, um, and it's changing, I think, in recent years, but for, for a long time, people had 
they had bureaus in Beijing, they had bureaus in Tokyo, but often Seoul was overlooked, and you might have um, correspondents doing double duty, and that that really is one of the factors as far as Korea and why there might not be as many foreign pla- uh, foreign places people would want or expect. Yeah, you have to think about scale. I mean. Um, <clears throat> Korea wants to be sort of top in a lot of different categories when it comes to global rankings as a country, but it is still a relatively small country when Mm. we think about population size. And so, you know, to... To say, if you were to say, like, a province in China should be, a province by itself should be ranked fourth in the nation for business climate, that would be kind of a stretch. But in a lot of ways, by the numbers, um, Korea would be, be likened to the size of a province, just right. a province alone in China. And so, so you know, we have to sort of be um, realistic about scale when we talk about these sorts of things. Yeah, that, that there is a distinction with, um, I think, a lot of people... And, of course, Korea has its own national identity, its own sovereignty. But at the same time, there is that question of scale. I, I, that was an interesting anecdote. of. I remember uh, there was a story of this guy who uh, had a Chinese visitor come, and he was very proud. He was showing, hey, this is um, this is Tuxu Palace. This is uh, Gyeongbuk Palace. And, and the Chinese, I was like, oh, it looks pretty nice. It's like one of these very small uh, provincial palaces that are like in northeast And you you could feel offended by that or, you know, upset that, hey, you're not giving that appreciation. But really, if you look at a global context, size does matter, right? It's a factor. Uh, Do you feel then, Sungi, though, if size does matter, though, overall, is Korea's business environment hostile to foreign players? Uh, I don't think I don't think so, because uh, but. I believe there is some hostile sentiment or feeling toward foreign players because fitting the case is Lone Star Fund and it acquired the Korea's exchange bank at a low price and uh, took so many dividends compared with the shareholders of other Korean companies and then it sold out the bank at a high price not even paying taxes on the huge capital gains and uh, there was no social responsibility and no contribution to the economy, uh, just taking profits earned in the country to take its home country. And the Lone Star case coined a new buzzword, uh, mokchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Korean, in English, it means eat and run or right. not paying food and running away. Right. Uh, there were many illegal acts found in the course of taking over the bank and many people involved in the transactions through trial. And another case was Sangyong Motor. Uh, one Chinese automaker acquired the Korean comic and sold it after taking core technologies always away from it uh, without making any investment in R&D or hiring workers. The case was also called Mukti and angered many Korean people. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, the business environment is generous enough to attract... There's also the examples of sort of... um companies that would affect our daily lives, like Walmart, right? And so Walmart a few years ago tried to play in Korea uh, and famously backed out, didn't care for, um, yep. also they do the failed, same. Yep. They both failed here. Yahoo failed as well. Yahoo failed here yeah. as well. Yahoo is doing fine in Japan, mm-hmm. um, to the contrary. So so there is something about the business climate, um, whether it's inconsistencies, whether it's regulation, um, whether it's just culture, right, um, and the ease of sort of being able to do business with Koreans here. Um, that's that's been problematic for some companies that have tried to play ball here. Yeah. So, now I mean, just maybe from a, a personal standpoint, and 
you are technically a foreign entity here. Uh, I, we I, are. I'm imagining right. you're not renting a hundred thousand square foot space in Gangnam for for what you have to do. But as as a foreign media entity here in Korea, do you often find that yeah, there are certain things here that are different or maybe a little bit more difficult perhaps than if I were in a different country? Well, I certainly haven't tried to open a bureau in, say, Shanghai, for example, which I imagine would take much, much uh -huh. longer. But um, it was a process just trying to get our business license here in Korea and sort of navigate the various mm. things to even get a visa for me to come here and stay here as a foreigner. And so... Um, in that case, we had to rely on a law firm based here in Korea that is special that specializes in trying to jump through the various hoops of um, of regulation right. in order to start a, or get a small business license here. And so, you know, I guess I experienced it a little bit in microcosm, mm. um, but I imagine this is what keeps lawyers em, uh, employed. So it is helping one sector of the economy, right? Like the legal sector right. in, in terms of helping uh, companies, in, in terms of like people and labor that are needed to help companies get started here in the very first place. Yeah, and you imagine, and again, it's not to say, oh, you're small scale, but if if it was you have to jump all through through all those hoops uh, as npr if you're a multinational corporation trying to bring in maybe 100 employees to do something that that red tape would be then pretty feeling it would feel, it would feel like more it's pretty owners, yeah, right? insurmountable there uh, that being said then as far as the measures uh, the efforts to cut red tape yusungi what measures has the government taken till now to make korea at least be considered more business friendly uh, government measures have focused on, I think, deregulation. Uh, as I said, the President Park uh, presided over minister meetings of regulatory forums several times. Uh, it was aimed at creating a business-friendly environment for both foreign and local players. I think it's good and removing and simplifying unnecessary and bureaucratic procedures can save time and cost for companies. But the deregulation uh, should not mean the removal of all of the regulations uh, necessary to protect startups or uh, fledgling newcomers that have uh, growth potential, high technology, or uh, research capability. Uh, the government also focused on labor reform. Uh, it caused uh, a great controversy between labor unions and the government. Uh, as part of the reform efforts, the so-called uh, wage peak system uh, will be uh, was adopted, and employers hailed it uh, because it would reduce the labor costs for old workers. Uh, I guess companies will hire more college graduates in the short term and try to help decrease uh, jobless rate among youth, but I doubt how long it will last mm. uh, because two years later uh, the presidential election will come and people will talk about a lame duck and government policy focus will change. The, what's worse is that the younger generation will become old generation yeah. in the end and then they should accept lower wages uh, when they are old and it's not a long-term solution. Yeah. Yeah, you, ra you raise a really interesting point there. Um, one solution to sort of more economic growth here could just be longer-term planning. Mm -hmm. um, there, It is sort of limiting to have these one five-year terms. Um, so there could be constitutional reforms that do shorter presidential terms but allow for two terms, for example, or just um, 
you know, when a president takes office to sort of think in 10 years and to sort of uh, think in longer terms instead of shorter uh, time periods, that could be beneficial. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with the idea that you do have to, first of all, coincide the parliamentary elections with the presidential elections so there aren't different political agendas at play with people who are looking to uh, keep their jobs but the uh, the recurring two terms constitutional reform always as in Korea they say political hot potato or black hole right uh, they always kick that issue down the road because they don't want to deal with it they don't want to be the people in power who actually uh, try to institute uh, this kind of change and then you have the problem of when the new regime or the new administration comes in in the Korean way of things. It's whatever policy, even if we're in the same party that was instituted before, we've got to do it different. We, we might right, tweak, I need to put my right, mark on it this. It won't right. be completely 180 degree uh, opposite, but yeah. It's got to have the uh, Pakana stamp rather than the Imyangbak stamp, for example. And so uh, there are some problems there. Uh, bottom line, and you mentioned labor market. You also mentioned labor market. Do you feel that it is a big hindrance that the labor market is too inflated, at least if you're looking at it from a big foreign corporation p- perspective? Well, there should be. Um, I'd like to see personally more foreign talent here via immigration, for example. And that's a big problem. Not just low skilled, but. Right, right, right. Because, right. okay. I mean, I, I cover both Japan and Korea, and that's another similarity. Um, where uh, if there was more immigration, there'd be more workers, for one, but also different sorts of laborers, right, for various sectors. And so if that um, immigration opened up, you would open up a lot more possibilities. Do you believe, uh, Singhi, that uh, the labor market is inflexible if you compare to global standards? Uh, uh, before talking about the labor market uh, rigidity, uh, I want to cite a survey. Uh, that was conducted last year by the uh, Korea Chamber of Commerce uh, for 200 foreign CEOs in Korea. And what's interesting is that the government policy, as she said, policy inconsistency was uh, picked as the biggest complaint in doing business for foreign CEOs. Mm -hmm. And uh, the militancy of labor unions was the first biggest complaint. That means unpredictable government policies, the most serious concerns. And, uh, uh, of course, foreign companies may complain about frequent strikes of labor unions and the unionized workers uh, tend to go on a united strike during the hot to season that comes every year. Hot to means a uh, uh, summer struggle season during which workers go out regularly for a sit-down demanding higher wages and better working conditions. And some of unionized workers are called emperor workers and as they receive much more vent benefits than temporary or irregular workers. Uh, despite all these things, uh, what we must take into account is a virtuous cycle between consumption and production. All of companies around the world always demand lower labor costs, but right. lower wages do more harm than good to the economy as well as companies themselves because higher wages lead to higher consumption. Strong product sales cause an increase in production and an increase in corporate fr- Profits, it's a simple principle. In Korea, a large part of wages are spent on uh, repaying mortgages, but uh, higher wages will boost private consumption and eventually lead to higher corporate profits. So the government is seeking to hike wages and reduce right. working hours. Yeah. Sort of the, uh, the virtuous cycle that uh, hopefully can be in place. Uh, both of you have talked about regulations and how... Um, some deregulation would be helpful here. Elise, uh, just across the board, cutting red tape, 
not as easy as it seems. I mean, and you, you mentioned you, you highlighted the, your own personal challenges with uh, setting up the Bureau here in Korea. But uh, do you believe that, um, at least to a certain extent, there are, ne- there are some regulations that need to be done away with, some of the archaic ones, uh, I, and even, I suppose, some tax, ones, some, t- some tax issues as well? Well, bankruptcy law, I mentioned just very briefly, probably needs to be reformed um, so that it's uh, possible for um, startup ideas, for businesses that fail to sort of come back and try again. Um, You know, Steve Jobs was famously bounced from his role Mm -hmm. at Apple. um, And then he his uh, second company in between those was a big failure. The future president of the United States, Donald Trump, has been bankrupt (laughs) many times. Many times, right. And so... So um, I certainly do think there needs to be some reform to bankruptcy law. I don't know enough about the specific um, regulatory areas where businesses are complaining about and sort of running into. Um, But overall, the complaint based on my reporting of businesses and from the business people that I speak with, um, this is a huge problem um, in their mind Mm. to doing business, in addition to, of course, the inflexible labor market that we've talked about. And so um, it sounds like... Uh, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier, if power wasn't so concentrated sort of at the top level, at the president's level, um, there would be uh, some opportunities for more sort of new ideas uh, and risk-taking to open up. Sungi, you talked about not all regulation is bad, but uh, should the government cut red tape uh, if it hampers business activities? And do you feel Korea does need to ease some of these regulations, including tax cuts? Uh, as I said, uh, cutting red tapes is important, and but it should mean the cutting of the tapes of uh, complex unnecessary procedures in doing business. It should not mean the removal of all of the regulations, and Korea seems to be doing well, I think. But in case of taxation, uh, Korea already has a low tax rate compared to global standards. Mm. The Korea, the a uh, country's corporate tax rate is about 24%, and it was lower than China's 25, Japan 33, and the U.S. 39. The Inyongbak administration lowered the corporate tax rate. It, it was a typical example of population policy. Lower tax rate is always welcomed, but once it is lowered, it will be very hard to raise right. it again when necessary. South Korea has a fast aging population and more than 30% of, of its annual budget uh, is spent on welfare, but tax revenue is falling for many reasons that include lower corporate tax rate. Mm. To offset shortages, the government almost doubled the tobacco prices last year mm-hmm. and tobacco prices are an indirect tax and a 2000 hike is tiny for the rich but it can be big for ordinary people like me and even worse is that personal income tax rate of 38% is much higher than the corporate tax rate of 24%. Yeah, uh, it's uh, not all tax cuts are uh, or tax hikes are created equal. Some are regressive, some are progressive, and uh, certainly uh, there needs to be some targeted policies there. We're almost out of time, but uh, at least the uh, bottom line, you talked about startup cu- culture, you talked about um, the ability to be able to fail. What do you think Korea does need to do to enhance its business competitiveness? Well, on the tax point, um, I, you know, I think there's actually an argument for keeping revenues up and keeping corporate tax rates as they are because, you know, chables have plenty of money um, to mm-hmm. give back to public co- coffers. But where there should or um, tax or where there 
are there's an opportunity for tax breaks to be considered is for startups, for example, because um, those breaks would actually help these businesses maybe get off the ground. Um, and you know, if if there are big existing businesses that are weak, um, I don't think that they need to be propped up. Right. So there's this notion of like being being allowed to fail that I think mm-hmm. needs to be um, more considered in this culture. Um, encouragement of foreign investment, I think, is a, another ingredient. Uh, and just overall, um, and not that the business environment is necessarily bad. There's still pretty strong GDP here. There, there just needs to be a revival and risk taking, I think, yeah. in business overall. Well, pretty good laundry list there indeed. Well, contrary to my uh belief. Uh, we could have talked about this for about an hour long. <laughs> we are unfortunately out of time. Uh, I want to thank both of you for joining us once again. Yusengi from Xinhua News Agency and Elise Hu from NPR. Thank you both. Thank you. Uh, thank you.